0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast, dropping your trick-or-treat bag every week. Yep. Yeah. So far. Yeah. (laughs) We're we're on track again. Yeah. (laughs) Doing pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, we're Uh, getting there. (laughs) I'm Rocky. I'm Blaze. And today we're talking about the 1964 giallo from Mario Bava, Blood and Black Lace, along with everything we normally do
1: now, is Blood and Black Lace technically like the first? Giallo uh it's it?
0: not the first Giallo. There were Giallos before it, but it's one of the first ones. Okay, and <clears throat> one of the more important ones. We'll get into that later. Uh, but why? No <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, let's talk, about, let's talk about our main story now. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, after that, we're also doing Blaze's Cabinet of Video Game Curiosities. Yep. And a mythology biology. Yep. And I'm I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I hope he has segments ready. Right? Yeah, no, I do. Okay. Um and before that, what's going on this week?
1: Well what well, uh, was it going
0: the last couple of Since we just recorded an episode not um, too long ago.
1: In good news for once on my side, I was able to finish my IT certification. Oh yeah. Yeah. So nice. that's done. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's been four days. <laughs> um, yeah, we watched movies together. Yeah, uh, what, uh, there were some melts that happened. I mean, I've been watching Vox Machina a lot. Nothing you'd be interested in. What, you've been watching what? Vox Machina. What's that? It, do
0: you know what Critical Role is? Uh, isn't that that D and D podcast you keep on talking about? Do I talk about it a lot? No, I mean you brought up a few times. On oh us, yeah, I don't know. Two well, hours. But. Well,
1: they they uh, made an animated show of the uh, act the campaign. Mm-hmm. So it's the actual story, but and it's kind of cool how they do it. Like you can tell, like if you've listened to the podcast before, you can tell when it was somebody rolling bad, like they'll be like at a door forever and they're like, what the fuck? We can't <laughs> get this lock open. And it's like in real life, you would know you're not, you're you're rolling for sleight of hand or lock picking and it's just not working out. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But watching the show, it's just kind of funny to see them like fumble and it's pretty funny. I hate that it looks kind of anime-y. Like so, that annoys the crap out of me. But it's voiced by all the people from the game, right? So, which they're all voice actors, and that's kind of the
0: point of Critical Role, so right, yeah. But uh, yeah,
1: it's it's been pretty good.
0: Well, that seems like critical listening. Yeah, check it out. If you're a big fucking nerd, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. that sounds cool. Um, yeah, we did watch some movies the other day. Yep. We just we there watched was a, couple. a
1: few conspiracies we had noticed.
0: What's that? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, oh, you mean? Okay, I, I know what you mean now. Yeah. Yeah. We watched two films, though. We watched The Babysitter, which was uh, one of the ones that you brought over. Now,
1: no, this is not to be confused with The Babysitter horror movie that's on Netflix.
0: Or The Babysitter starring Jonah Hill. It is not. Which is scary in its own right.
1: Yeah, because really bad because it's terrible um, it was directed by
0: David Gordon Green who did it fuck you John Halloween Hill. 2018 <laughs> yeah. um, and Halloween Kills <laughs> mm. Pineapple Express mm.
1: okay <laughs> moving on Uh so this was the HBO uh, no
0: direct film no it was, it was ABC first
1: was it ABC first yeah okay because it says
0: HBO on my I think VHS HBO right acquired there. the rights to it but it originally aired at ABC in 1980 oh
1: okay Um, but yeah, it is a thriller drama
0: (laughs) starring William Shatner. Bill, I won't shut the fuck up, Shatner.
1: (laughs) And, uh, uh, what, what's the lady's name? (laughs) Peggy, Pat, Patty. Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, that's it. So. It's not Patty Jenkins. (laughs) No, it's not. Um. But it's one of those typical stories like young manipulative girl destroys a family kind of thing but they are the dumbest
0: family you've ever Everybody met. Everybody in the movie is dumb except for their next-door neighbor who's a doctor. Yes, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Hitchcock. Uh, oh god. Yeah, she moves in because they're a well-to-do family. Wim Shatner's a dentist. Oh, he lets you know, too. Oh, yeah. He's, he's very good at being I'm a dentist. I'm very good at my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he lets everybody know that, which is what people that are good at stuff do. They just tell you how good they are at it. Mm-hmm. But uh, they live in a nice big house. It's him and his wife and their young daughter. And then one day, the daughter just comes across this 18-year-old girl that's just hanging out <laughs> out in the woods next to him. And she's like, hey, you should come home with me. And the parents don't find this odd at all. Instead, they interview her and find out she has this whole sob story. And then uh, they're like, hey, how would you like to be Our a live-in housekeeper slash babysitter? Because William Shatner, a couple scenes beforehand, was saying how they need one. Because the house is too big for the wife to take care of. And she's an alcoholic. No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Well, she, she was. was. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, this, this rando just... <laughs> moves into their house and uh she starts trying to tear apart their family unit and uh and they're all fucking idiots yeah they
1: all uh absolutely believe everything she says no matter what
0: except for the daughter
1: yeah later
0: (laughs) yeah but even then but it's not because
1: the daughter was smart or clever it's because she's a brat
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's just like, I don't want to do that. You don't even do your job.
0: You're supposed to clean my room. Well, she was right, though. I did, she I did, is right. I didn't feel mean, like she was an annoying brat because I'm like, yeah, you fucking tell that bitch. I was yeah. more annoyed by her then than the yeah, little girl. Yeah, that,
1: that lady was very annoying. Um, yeah. And then Bill Shatner's like, oh, how dare you try and sleep with me? And then he sleeps with her. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a part presumably where Presumably sleeps with her. There's a part where her. she...
0: So early in the film, she makes a mom... An alcoholic again. Yeah. By... by like being, playing devil's advocate and be like, I oh, can have a drink. It's fine. And then she just starts feeding her alcoholism more and more. It's your marriage that's the problem, not the alcohol. Yeah. So she's an alcoholic again. And then she tries to, the, the babysitter tries to seduce William Shatner after a party that him and his wife go to when they get back home. <clears throat> the babysitter has like some of the, the wife's clothes on. He stri- she tries to, Seduced William Shatner and he like you need to leave, like go. And she's like, okay. The next day she immediately goes to the wife and is like, Hey, I didn't want to tell you, but but your husband, he he tried to he tried to have sex with me. He tried to put the moves on me and blah blah blah. And she just She just immediately believes it. That this woman that's just been living with this immediately girl, her. Immediately believes
1: it and doesn't confront
0: him. Doesn't even go to William it. Shatner. Everything in this movie can be solved in, like Two minutes in every situation. Yeah, hey, you're a dick. You cheated on... No, I didn't.
1: Let me tell you what happened. Hey, we've it's been like... married
0: for 18 years. This girl's been living with us for two days. How about you ask me so I can tell you, oh, uh, no, she's like, no, I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, then she starts getting, like, crazy drunk. Yeah, she gets. She, <laughs> she turns into an insane alcoholic. Um, and the only person that knows, and there's another part whenever they kill a young man not on they. a boat. Well, she does. Yeah. Her and the... the and the little the, girl's with her! Her and the daughter go on a boat trip, like just a day of sailing with, with I guess, a boy that lives next door, or one of the neighborhood boys or something like that. And she hits him with the mast of the ship, of the boat, and he falls off in the water and drowns. And the police do zero investigating. Yeah, they're just like, oh, I guess he drowned. Yeah, they're like, hey, both of you are on the boat. What happened? No, they're just like, no, nah. no. Nah. Guess <laughs> he just died.
1: Huh, that is so weird. It looks like he was struck in the head, but... Yeah, he's bleeding from his head. And he <laughs> drowned. Uh, and then Dr. Hitchcock's like, That is enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will discover. <laughs> he was immediately, he's immediately put off by her. like immediately Oh, his, yeah. that guy sensor just goes like, off nope, immediately like, you. Wait, what is this? To where he's like, Oh, yeah, I just want to You can't trust these people because Uh, this girl was clearly at one point a little girl and before she was a little girl, she was probably a sperm. A sperm? I'm a doctor. She must just be a grown sperm. She's a giant sperm. (laughs) Watch her wiggle as she moves around. (laughs) You will notice when she moves very briskly, she flops and, th- th- <laughs> and Bill Shatner's like, well, no, I think those are called adults. We're all just sperm. He's like, no, no, she's a literal sperm. <laughs> you don't understand, Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> it annoyed the fuck out of me. And then it ends. On, it, and she gets let off the hook at the end.
1: Yeah, not only does she get, she murders her. and Find out she murders her entire family. Yeah. And they're just like. Her
0: entire foster eh. family.
1: Yeah, her entire yeah. foster family and she's crazy and she goes to the house and pretends that they're still alive. And she killed a
0: baby at some point also. She
1: also murdered but a baby.
0: But they don't you don't see that. It's just talked about in dialogue.
1: Yeah, and uh,
0: Yeah. That's the They movie. just they just kind of arrest her. They don't put her in handcuffs. They just, yeah. They gingerly walk her to the cop car. And they're like, All right, wait, stand here, don't run away. As I open the doors. And then the guy goes to
1: call the cops and they're like, no, wait, we can work this out with her. And it's like, shut the fuck up. And then he calls the cops anyway, cause he's smart. Yeah. And then the little girl's like, you know what? You're not so bad. Here's my doll.
0: And it's like, what? <laughs> like, she tried to kill you. She literally just had a knife on you and your parents.
1: Yeah. It was really dumb. But, uh abc <laughs> now here's where the conspiracies come in and segue into the other movie we watched over the weekend okay there's a movie called
0: fantasies
1: is that the name of it <laughs> it was fantasies right yeah well
0: it was yeah it was a movie it was a movie it was a soap opera it was a movie it was something like i think it was a movie yeah
1: and it has the exact same poster <laughs> As the babysitter, it but it's different characters. It's the exact same. It is the exact same.
0: <laughs> and, and it was both put up by What? It was put both put up by like the same marketing team though, right? Or it wasn't put up by the same distributor? No. No? I thought we were like, oh, but like ABC. Or no, you like
1: kept that. joking that it was, it oh. probably was, but we never well, fact checked that, so we're going to go with conspiracy first.
0: No, it makes a reality. Because <laughs> instead
1: of Checking the facts, nah, we're, we're going to blow it out of proportion. Yeah.
0: And we're gonna info wars this shit. Yeah, just just <laughs> like just like QAnon taught. Yeah. Don't listen to reason. Don't or facts. If you don't everybody's lying to
1: you. If you don't look at factual evidence, everything else is an option. Yeah. That's how everything's true if you don't look at the facts. Yeah. If you don't do any research whatsoever, you can make up your own. It's right. really neato.
0: Right. Ah, <laughs> like, oh, unicorns, shit fucking cookies. There you go. Because uh, I'm not going to listen to anybody tell me it's not true, so it must be true. <laughs> Have you met a unicorn? No? How do you know? Like, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> I was yawning while I was saying that. Um, so I'm going to go with that this movie (laughs) used to be called Fantasies and it was created by an underground director who was murdered by the person who directed The Babysitter Mm -hmm. and he obviously stole the poster from a previously unreleased film Mm -hmm. and used it for The Babysitter Mm -hmm. and then The son of the murder director of Fantasies discovers in a box the old film reel for a movie called Fantasies predating the babysitter by one to two years. He goes to his stepfather and says, hey, this Uh, movie cover looks just like the movie cover for the movie you directed step papa which is the babysitter twist his fucking stepdad is the dude who stole the film from his real dad and murdered him and then he married this kid's widow or that dead director's widow and now we have matching covers and then we get into the third movie which <laughs> if, introduced Blue Pepsi uh Dr. Peppercade. What
0: what if I told you that the promotional image they put out for the single for Billy Idol's Flesh for Fantasy is also the same poster. Is it? No. Or is it? Well, I'm not gonna check into that, so I guess so. <laughs> you should do no research on this and just take my word for it. Yeah, I'll go for that. I wouldn't lie to you, boys. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I love you too much. I wanna to lie to you. Okay. You heard it here first, guys. Same poster for Flesh for Fantasy by Billy Idol. Yeah. Um also the uh poster for Fantasy Island. Also the same poster. Son of a bitch. I knew it. So. I knew it. <laughs> um
1: so, yeah, and uh, now we have the discovery of zero-sugar blue Dr. Pepper cans.
0: Yeah, because we watch uh, Vinegar Syndrome release. Well, it's actually a Fun City Editions release, which is a subsidiary of Vinegar, Vinegar Syndrome. It puts out some really great stuff. Um, but we watched a movie called Walking the Edge starring Robert Forster, and Joe Spinell's in it.
1: Joe Spinell, our boy. Yeah, and
0: yeah, it's a pretty good little crime film. I like it. Oh, it was fun as fuck. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. But at some point they're sitting at a table and there's a blue can of Dr. Pepper I had a fucking meltdown. <laughs> you did You're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs>
1: I I am an avid fan of Dr. Pepper. And I had never seen a blue Dr. Pepper can, and You're it like, really ruined my perception of everything. If it's
0: blue, it must be like 25 flavors or 26 flavors. I, I don't know. There must be extra flavors in it. But it turns and, out there's probably less flavors because it's sugar-free. So it's probably like 22 flavors.
1: And also, we learned that two liters used to come in a giant metal jug, which we did not know. Yeah.
0: There's a reason why that's not a thing anymore.
1: Probably. But... uh I don't know. So it was like a giant can. Yeah. It's kind of... Like, in a way, I, I wonder if it tastes... Because I feel like plastic bottles lose fizz quicker than cans do. So I wonder if they went back to that. Well, number one, it would cause a lot more waste. Yeah. And it, I don't know. But, you, I mean, if you... Put uh, a government advisor with a gun outside of everyone's house that buys these metal two liters to make sure they recycle. It should be okay. And if they don't, kill
0: them on the spot. Well, they do do that. It's the Democrats, QAnon told me. Oh, that's right. It's also these these liberal snowflakes that do that. Well, I know the
1: guy from The Babysitter is the king of the Illuminati. Okay, yeah. And so he's... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for this will be posted and it immediately be taken off by the the government realizing we're revealing its darkest secrets
0: yeah. we're gonna be like hey we're uh, our podcast is now part of the Joe Rogan network <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like well I think you guys make a
1: lot of sense <laughs> and obviously you've tried DMT <laughs>
0: we have it, he's like
1: what so i'm gonna ask i'm gonna, gonna talk to everything. a couple people that make sense and then i'm going to listen to a bunch of batshit crazy people and agree with them <laughs> i
0: have alex jones on my show like three times oh, yeah um my fuck show's you, not irresponsible. You, it's suck, like, it's irresponsible you suck
1: joe rogan you suck joe rogan um okay where um. were we blue, <laughs> blue dr pepper a thing of uh a thing from hell yeah it may have been amazing. It's sugar-free. I bet it was amazing, especially in those, uh, like, a ima- Like honestly, if I had a two-liter can of zero-sugar Dr. Pepper, I would drink it before this podcast is over. It would be gone.
0: <laughs> you're like, uh, my tummy. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh. It's so much carbonation. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the thing. Yeah. Walking the edge. That was great. Check it, it out. It, that that
1: one is re- actually a really fun movie. Uh, it is very. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. I don't know why it made me think of Action USA the
0: whole time. But. Yeah, you brought that up during it. Action USA is awesome. Also, yeah, another great one. Because we got William Smith and Cameron Mitchell. On it. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been in movies together. A, a few bunch times, of times. Yeah. Um. There is a little bit of news. Oh. Well, first of all, this Friday. Joe Bob's Valentine's Day special is going to be on. Oh, yeah. His yeah, Heartbreak Trailer Park, I think it's called. Oh, wow. I'm going
1: to have time to watch. Yeah, <laughs> you sure
0: will. you got time to watch the other ones. You just fall asleep during them. Fuck Probably you. By the second feature.
1: Fuck <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, you. oh,
0: my work's schedule to make me tired now. I'm oh, a sleepy boy on the second feature. Oh, Ooh. what time is it? Oh, it's 8 p.m. Man, Ooh. it's late.
1: <laughs> Ooh. I'm so frail. <laughs>
0: Your job made you weak. <laughs> You're better off without it. Um, but yes. I think it's called the uh, Heartbreak Trailer Park. It's going to be the special. 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Shudder. Is that uh, the only news? It's going to be four guests. Oh. They announced who the first two guests are going to be. It will be the Boulet Brothers. <laughs> so if you like Dracula and the Boulet Brothers, you should... Check it out because that's they're, they're going to be the guests on. I guess the first feature, or the second feature, and they haven't said who the other two guests are going to be. So start your Valentine's Day right. Ignore your significant other. <laughs> Watch Joe Bob. <Bond. laughs> <laughs> Perfecto. Actually, you just tell them to leave the room. <laughs> Or the house. Be like, hey, come back at about around 2 a.m. I'm going to have stuff. something
1: magical ready for you. And then you don't do shit and you just watch it. And then they get back and you're like, oh, I ordered a pizza. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, so I bought this rose for you. Here you go. I found this outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I stole this from the neighbor's front porch. <laughs> I picked some weeds out of the ground. You don't quite roses, but here you go. Um, so Snoop Dogg is making a comic book. <laughs> what? <laughs> Snoop Dogg is making a horror comic book. About Bones? Called Tales from the Crip. Oh. And the promotional image is, it's the same that that one poster creep show whenever like the kid is reading the comic book in his bed and like the creeper is like looking through the window. Well, it's that same thing. It's like a kid reading... It Tells from the Crip comic book. And he has like NWA posters and shit all over his walls. And then Snoop Dogg is looking through his window. He's not even dressed up as... He just looks like Snoop Dogg. And he's just like... <laughs> his hands are just like kind of writhing about. And he just looks like he's a creeper. <laughs> huh. And just Snoop Dogg looking through this kid's window. It's a drawing. You know, it's like a comic cover. But uh, I just find the image really funny. So if you want to look up that image, look up Snoop Dogg's Tales from the Crip. Check it out. Remember, Snoop Dogg put out that anthology horror movie back in the mid 2000s, Tales from the Hood. No, not no, Tales, that's no, not. Tales from the Hood's good. Uh, what was it called? What was it called Tales from the Hood? Tales from the Oh, from it, the Crypt, it had right? his name in it. Yeah, didn't Snoop it's... Dogg's uh, Hood of Terror or some something. Something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, that wasn't good. It was that movie was awful. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> hmm. It was entertaining, though. You gotta love Snoop Dogg, though. Has anybody cared about Snoop Dogg's music since the 90s, though? No. Nah. Like, Snoop Dogg, after 2000, just became a personality. No, you like, just... he kept on putting out music, but just... <clears throat> I mean, there's a couple, like, really popular songs. What? Just, like, Drop no, It so... Like It's Hot, but I always thought that song sucked. Drop <laughs> uh, It Like It's Hot. I always thought that song was bad. Um, and, uh,
1: when you're boiling spaghetti and you pick up the pot, <laughs> you gotta drop it like it's, oh. yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: he, he's just a personality. He just does anything and he's, he's a character now, right? Yeah. That's he's, what I mean. People don't care about his music. <laughs> but, um, uh, he has good wrapping papers. I guess. Yeah. There you go. I, I don't smoke weed. So I don't know. Hmm. Because, I mean, me neither. Because I'm <laughs> straight edge. Woohoo! I'm not. Hey, wait! You were dra- <laughs> You drank bourbon yesterday. You shut your cunt mouth. <laughs> it was two days ago. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, I've been straight edge since then. Yeah. <laughs> the Last two days because I've been working is uh, I'm a straight edge. <laughs> straight edge during the during the work week. Anything else? Oh, Roland Emmerich. You know who Roland Emmerich is? Very familiar uh roland emmerich is a director he said that marvel and star wars is ruining the theatrical experience yeah uh, roland emmerich directed movies like the day after tomorrow godzilla he uh, wait the he Matthew said Broder- that yeah that we saw that trailer we saw scream whenever it was like that there's some type of storm coming remember and i was like that looks fucking terrible yeah that looks that's him yeah that's him uh, that okay. What else? Oh, anybody, Independence Day. Independence Day too. <laughs> anybody else could have called that out. And it's like be... you make the worst movies known to man. Like yeah, uh, I hate you, Roland Emmerich. I hate you. I, uh come on podcast, <laughs> but I hate <laughs> you. <laughs> so I can tell you your stupid German face how much I fucking hate you. Um, yeah, he said, yeah, these are terrible. They're destroying the theatrical experience. Like you put out nothing but crap. <laughs> You put on a good move in your fucking life. 10,000 BC, 2012.
1: If you hear background noise, yeah, we, there's, they are leaf blowing Rocky's front porch.
0: They are blowing
1: me. <laughs> they are blowing it. I'll watch it come behind me
0: in like five minutes. <laughs> He's just standing like, hey, what are you, you guys doing? Hey, come on what? the show. He's come on the show. He's yelling over his leaf blower yeah. <laughs> through the window. Come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Like horror movies? Like, no, they scare me. Get out. <laughs> uh, I'm really actually just a fan of Roland Emmerich movies. <laughs> He's my favorite director. <laughs> Have you seen 2012? Ugh. <laughs> I hate you too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he said that they're just running a the theatre experience, but he has a fucking hack, so fuck him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would agree, but not for not with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like right. Like if Martin Scorsese or something came out and said it, or he did. Oh well, yeah, that I agree with. But
0: fuck you, Rolling. Scorsese came just, out. Martin Scorsese didn't say he hate him. He said that they don't, they aren't cinema. He's like they don't hold any artistic value. They're just theme park rides. Which yeah, is true. And people are like, no, Marvel movies are art. They do mean something. It's like they really don't. No, <laughs> it's the same form. Scorsese is like they're fun. They're theme park rides. You won't get anything out of them in the long run. (laughs) Man, people got mad at him because he's completely right. You ever
1: miss the days of when you could read a comic book and somebody wouldn't say something fucking stupid? (laughs) Uh, Unless it was me (laughs) while reading it. Right. Like back in the day I was like, you know people are like oh who's moon knight and now they're like oh can you wait for that marvel yeah. television show?" and it's like i probably will watch it but shut up <laughs> like,
0: yeah you love moon knight and It's Oscar I like it. like, yeah i mean i love reading comic books and saying stupid stuff to myself like reading a comic book and then going like oh man joe rogan's a genius yeah <laughs> <to> <laughs> yeah he is so smart <laughs> yeah. let's do dmt uh, and record the rest of the episode <laughs> Oh my god, you're a giant blue Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so I'm trying to drink me. Uh, yeah. I think that's all the news I got. Not, not much has happened the last couple of days, so. No. Alright, no. well, we're ready for trailer time? For the trailer? Trailer time. Going to the trailer park. A house of high fashion, a dazzling whirl of elegance,
2: of exotic, extravagant beauties. An adventurous journey into the devastating allure of the most sophisticated women and their intimate secrets.
1: Suddenly, these lace curtains ignite a drama that will lacerate your
0: emotions. Blood and Black Lace. Ah! So, Blood and Black Lace is a 1964 film from uh, Mario Bava. And written by him and Mario Fandado and Giuseppe Barilla. And it is a Giallo, one of the first Giallos, and one of the most influential Giallos. Now, Mario Bava, for people that don't know, was an Italian director that is highly influential on in a lot of directors that you probably love. Um, people that have stayed. Brian De Palma? <laughs> probably Brian. Well, Brian De Palma claims he's never seen a Giallo, but there's no way he can watch Dressed to Kill and be like. You haven't seen Giallo. No, you're a piece well, of we shit. Made, liars. We is what you Jurassic are? Chris a kill. They asked him, like, "Have you seen a film by Dario Argento?" He's like, "I've never heard of him." <laughs> Just like, mm, I don't know about that, Brian. <laughs> but uh, Mario Bava was influence on people that have stated him as influence, or people like Tim Burton, who actually Sleepy Hollow, he said, is a whole love letter to Mario Bava. Uh, Pedro hmm. Almodovar, Guillermo del Toro, Quentin Tarantino.
1: I guess I, you know, I guess I can see what he's saying about with that because I, I, I mean, Sleepy Hollow definitely was, you know, it's not amazing,
0: but it's That's not, pretty good. It's, it's not <laughs> it's a bad. good movie. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, Dario Gento Martin Scorsese is a fan. A lot of people are fans of Mario Bava, and he started his career as a lighting cameraman, hmm. which you can tell in his movies. There's a big focus on lighting and color and he all his movies have a very um a very big focus on the visual more than the story even his black and white films like black sunday
1: oh yeah visually and they,
0: the black and white and the lighting on it is is very interesting
1: yeah the way he does colors is pretty incredible
0: yeah for sure um but he went and became a director and uh this isn't his first movie. His first movie was Black Sunday. That was his directorial debut. With Burr's No. That was Barbara Still. That's Barbara Still. Yeah, Boris Karloff was another movie that's called Black Sabbath. Ah, that's
1: right. I'm fucking up.
0: <laughs> where I I'm screwing this whole thing Black up. Black Sabbath, where maybe the band got their name from the movie mm, also. Maybe. Th- maybe. You heard it here first. Don't fact check it. <laughs> <laughs> you know the truth. Don't fact check it at all. Um, but yeah, I can my phone real quick. Cause I actually pulled a quote from Mario Bava's on the charger there
1: uh, that I no. wanted to read.
0: <laughs> don't look at my porn. Remember the quote, <laughs> don't look at a bunch of porn on you. But he came up with an interesting, uh, quote that, that I wanted to read, uh, from him. But as a director, he, he was like a lot of different Italian directors that were genre directors. Usually when you're a genre director, you didn't stick to one genre that much usually did multiple genres. We talked about this in an earlier episode. But unlike Dario Argento, who just did horror films mainly, if you were a genre director, you usually hopped around genres, right? Right. So people like Umberto Lenzi or Enzo G. Castellari or uh, Lucio Fulci, uh, Roger Diodato, whoever, Sergio Martino, and any Italian director – There was a genre director. usually didn't just stick in horror. You usually also did like some spaghetti westerns or macaroni war films, Polizia Tecci, slapstick comedy. A lot of them did a lot of comedies and stuff. And Mario Bava did some other things also, uh, a few of which he did some Viking epics, which Cameron Mitchell also starred in, which I'll I'll talk about in a second. But he had this one quote that I thought about. He kind of had a very – Sharp sense of humor and, and uh, a little a little self deprecating. But one he said, In my entire career I made only big bullshits. No doubt about that. I'm just a craftsman, a romantic craftsman. I made movies just like making chairs. Huh. <laughs> um his son is also director, Lamberto Bava. What has he directed? A bunch of bunch of genre films. Anything <laughs> Yeah, actually, actually Mario Bava's last film he co directed with his dad. Oh really? Yeah, okay. shock. Um, it's just actually a pretty good film. It's a good one, but yeah, Mario Bob is no- is known for this film, Black Sunday, Black Sabbath. Those are the popular ones. Kill Baby Kill is a really popular one. Also, he did, he did a bunch of them. And Cameron Mitchell stars in Blood and Black Lace. This is one of their many collaborations. And me and Blaze are big Cameron Mitchell fans. Oh
1: yeah, mainly the the years <laughs> where he was bloated and drunk
0: yeah, and old. <laughs>
1: We like to, well, you know, low blow, kill point. Kill point, low blow, yeah, sure. Deadly Prey. Deadly whatever, Prey. Yeah. I haven't watched that one in a while. Yeah. we watch that again.
0: Anything where he just kind of appears and he's just allowed to be drunk but on Before set. his drunk, bloated days, he was actually quite a good actor. Yeah, well, he was one of these actors that was almost bigger than he was. Yeah. He was really close to it in the 1940s, 1950s. He worked with a whole bunch of different big-name directors and actors. He actually introduced Marilyn Monroe to her husband, Arthur Miller. Oh, man. He worked with Orson Welles. He was good friends with him. And this thing happened whenever he went through troubles with divorces and and a lot of tax trouble. Yeah. He was bad spending money and, and... doing, you know, he just didn't do well with money. So he's like, I need to make money quick, so I'm going to go to Europe, like many actors did, to make low-budget films for however much. Some of them will go over there to Europe to launch their career. The most infamous one of that is, uh, or most famous one, not infamous, is Clint Eastwood. Yeah. In America, Clint Eastwood was a TV star for years and years and years. Nobody ever thought Clint Eastwood would be a leading man or a movie star. He was just the guy in the Western TV shows. Then he got the offer to go make some spaghetti westerns with Sergio Leone. He went over there, instantly became a star. Killed it. Yeah. Same thing with Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson was in a whole bunch of TV. And in movies, he was always a secondary character. He was never the leading man, though. He went over to France, made Farewell, My Friend made him a superstar, made him like he could lead. He came back to America and they put him as a lead actor in films. So Karen Mitchell went over. So many great films. (laughs) So Charles Bronson. Yeah. I mean, I love Charles Bronson, (laughs) but he's made a lot of crap and a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But same thing with Karen Mitchell. He went over to Europe. He worked in France, worked a lot in Italy, though. And him and Mario Bava took to each other very quickly. They became very fast friends. Uh, Cameron Mitchell had a deep respect for Mario Bava. He said that he's one of the greatest directors of all time. He put his name next to John Ford, Orson Welles, Federico Fellini. And he just had a great working relationship with them. And they became fast friends. They would have lunch together. He talked about how uh, Mario Bava loved his bread and French coffee. like, like he, That's what he loved for lunch. That's and, a weird lunch. And they, they both, like, he would teach him American. Or teach American. Teach him English, Jesus Christ. Teach him American. Teach him American. Teach him English. <laughs> and well, a uh, like, English saying. So they love calling each other Son of a Beach. <laughs> Son of a Beach, because it's how Mario Baba said it. Uh, and they they became fast friends. They worked together, I think... Okay, so there's three movies that were fully directed by Mario Baba. One is Blood and Black Lace. Mm-hmm. Then they also did two... Viking epics together. One was Eric the Conqueror, and the other one was Knives of the Avenger. I haven't seen Knives of the Avenger. I saw Eric the Conqueror. Pretty good. Really crazy lighting in that one. Also, pretty good Viking film. And Cameron Mitchell really liked doing it because he was pushing fifty at this point. He was like forty-eight. We made these movies. He's already kind of older. So the idea that he gets to play an older action hero. What do you mean? Cool. What about Loblo, What a kill point! Where he just sits in a chair the whole time. He's so and he's good. Shit-faced?
1: He shoots a dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's nope. upset about the dog. No, I think the dog just dies. I don't know if anybody kills it.
1: Oh yeah, maybe. That's you don't, they don't stuff. even show it
0: what yeah. happened to it. He's just like the dog died. Now, interesting. Died. Like <laughs> now, I know in Blood and Black Lays,
1: they did have somebody voice over him even though he spoke English in the movie. Mm-hmm. Was that in every movie he was in in with Mario Bava? Did they always have somebody dub over him?
0: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's Well, here, here's the thing, first of all, is um, Italian film, and movies are made in Italy. Even if they were shot in English, they still voice over them. Really? Yeah, if you watch a Sergio Leone. Well, yeah, English I, I stuff, mean...
1: You'll notice, like... I've noticed it. I yeah, just didn't notice, know. Like, that but was, you
0: could tell it's Lee Van Cleef or Clint Eastwood or whoever doing the voices. But they, I don't know why it well, was. Well, this thing. one he didn't. Yeah, not this one. Yeah, yeah. he. he no, had, no. Every man was voiced by the same guy. It's Paul Fries. Paul Frees. Yeah, Paul Fries, who's one of the greatest voice actors to ever live. Uh, Mel Blanc said he's the man of a thousand voices. That's coming from Mel Blanc. That is <laughs> that is <laughs> the most greatest the voice acting compliment. <laughs> You could ever receive. Yes, uh, Paul Frees, most famously to me. I mean, he did so many voices for Disney, but he also is the ghost host on the Haunted Mansion ride. So, for people that love that ride, is he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. But he's done. He did a thousand different voiceover, uh, voiceovers for shows and theme park rides and movies, cartoons, all kinds of stuff. And he did a lot of dubbing, overdubbing voiceover work for foreign films. And he did all the voices including Cameron Mitchell who couldn't, for some reason, do his own voiceover.
1: Well, I think what I was reading Oh, uh, gosh, I don't know why I'm yawning so much today. I think what I was reading was... You're uh, tired? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, is that they said it was actually cheaper to just have Paul do all of them. Yeah, just pay him. My instead of having Cameron come own, yeah.
0: back and do it. Yeah. But the only other film that him and Bob worked on now, Cameron Mitchell claims they worked together six times, but they could only find four movies that they worked together on. I think there were two that were in development that never got made. Oh, man. But the only,
1: syndrome. Find that. <laughs> they,
0: well, they never got made. Oh, the, oh, I thought you meant like
1: they were in production and just never got released. No, no. They just they never got. Never filmed everything. No, they never filmed Oh, it. okay.
0: But they did work on another film where they technically worked together. It's actually a Sergio Corbucci, Sergio Corbucci spaghetti Western come Minnesota clay that I'm quite fond of Sergio Cabucci at this time was making a whole bunch of other things at the same time. So he couldn't completely focus on Minnesota clay. So there were some scenes that Mava Bava directed because he was also the cameraman on that film and Karen Mitchell stars. And it, it's about a aging gunslinger who's going blind. Um, and I really like that film. I, I'm a big Sergio Cabucci fan. So, they worked together a few times. They really got along to, uh, really well. And Blood and Black Lace was their 1964 collaboration, which is a giallo. One of the more important giallos, because you can see how it influenced the fuck out Dario Argento. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this came out six years.
1: And that's not shitting on Argento. No, that's just, no, no, no. You can clearly see the reference, but and it's fine, because it's not like he's using it in a bad Way and like making shitty films with it. Well,
0: people usually give Argento all this credit for. Some people are like, "Oh, Argento basically created the giallo genre," which is bullshit no. because they're making giallos in the '60s. But they're like, "Oh, well, people are making giallos without you know, with with the colors he uses and the violence." I'm like, "Blood and Black Lace is using the, the colors and the violence," so like you can see. That Mario Bavo wrote the rule book for Dario Gento six years before Bird with a Crystal Plumage came out, yep. which was Dario Gento's directorial debut. Uh, and that it came out to 1970. But yeah, this is a movie that takes place in a Roman fashion house. And the movie starts with a woman walking to the fashion house. You want to tell the story? <laughs> What, wait. Oh, yeah. You want to
1: continue it? <laughs> uh, I, d- I actually did not remember half their names. Is that okay? Oh, her name is well.
0: I didn't Peg, pe- is that pe- not Peggy? No, no. Her name is Isabella. Ah, the yeah. First Isabella.
1: Girl. Um. So Isabella is walking her way to the fashion. What What would you call that place? The fashion house. A fashion house. Mm-hmm. The, um, the fashion house that she works at with a group of other fashion designers and s- seamstresses and such. And she notices some movement in the bushes. And she starts running. And all of a sudden, ba a man with a flesh-colored mask a fedora, strangles
0: her to death. Black fedora, gloves. Fedora, duster, black gloves. and Which are all staples of like Argento films. Yeah. It's like, you can't tell the killer's face. Of course, because it's supposed to be a mystery. Black gloves, fedora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh...
1: Somehow, uh, well, not somehow, but he ends up, they end up looking for her, thinking she called out and believing she, like, you know, just didn't show up for work. And then they find her body uh, in the uh, closet somewhere in the fashion house. And they scream. (laughs) Everyone's upset. (laughs) And so they're doing the fashion show. And while doing the fashion show that was coming up, they have to find somebody to wear the dress she was supposed to wear. Nobody felt right doing it except this one girl who just didn't give a fuck. She was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and while looking for a specific piece of jewelry, they find Isabella's diary,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which contains uh, horrible facts about, or
0: what they believe contains horrible facts about everyone who works there yeah it seems like Isabella has a dirt on everybody because when they find the diary everybody is kind of present in the uh, room yeah everybody's like Fuck. And, it's, <laughs> and it's just it's a, it's a pretty good little thing where it just shows a close-up of each person's face and their reaction and everybody's reaction is not positive <laughs> no <laughs> everybody has kind of lo- like a shifty look on their face so it's clear that Isabella is holding dirt yeah on nobody every single sat, person nobody sat there place. thinking
1: like Oh, I would love to read her last writings. Everyone was like,
0: motherfucker. What if they (laughs) find out about me or find this out or whatever? So Isabella somehow got around and she learned a lot about a lot of people and she wrote it all down. And they're like, fuck, I need to get that book before everybody else finds out. So no, everybody, everybody could could have done it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, everybody's a suspect. And slowly you you go through the movie. Jesus Christ, I can't stop.
1: Um, slowly you go through the movie, and everyone kind of reveals the dirt about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the killers, right off the bat, they're the ones who don't. Yeah. So it's a it's a very twisty, turny. Who could it be? Who you know? Who could it be who now? Could it be now? <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, Cameron Mitchell is the head of the fashion house. Yes, his his character's name is Massimo Morlacci, and his
1: assistant <laughs> is a widowed woman named
0: I think it's is it Giulietta, maybe something. I like think that. it is something like Giulietta. Yeah. yeah, she she's kind of a strict. Um, she's not just his assistant; she's kind of like the head of like the different. She'll be part of everything. Is, yeah. yeah.
1: She's kind of like the manager of the.
0: Yeah. She, she's the manager of the fashion. floor. Yeah. She, like everybody kind of answers her and she makes everything's getting done. And she's kind of strict and people don't really like her that much. <laughs> and they say it's because she lost her husband because that's. A <laughs> yeah, very... It's like she's a real bitch since her husband died. Yeah. She's been
1: like really <laughs> mad about life in
0: general. Like, oh, sir, your husband died. <laughs> yes. Well, let's rewind a little bit yeah, for people no. that don't know what the, a Giallo is. The gialli—it's a frozen Italian <laughs> dessert. <laughs> well, <they laughs> it sounds like it could be, uh, but it's giallo, a <laughs> gi- 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 giallo were were pulpy horror crime movies. Giallo in Italian means yellow, refers to the yellow pages, yellow covers of a pulp novel, and there were films that were. Murder mysteries, pretty much, but also kind of slashers before slashes were a thing. They focused on a faceless killer killing people, and then by the end, you're trying to find out who is it is. It's a whodunit. And they extended from the West German genre, Krimis, K R I M I. And the creamy genre were films that extended from the works of, uh, a joy, an enjoyment of the works of George Wallace, uh, who was a British crime novelist. He made mysteries. But also, same thing with the vein of like Agatha Christie. Like, they were these references to these pulpy, who'd done it mysteries. So, all Giallo did was take that and mix it in with the horror that was coming out of like Hammer or Roger Corman films at the time and kind of making its own genre. A lot of great ones.
1: Oh, yeah. They, they,
0: a... But they usually have a. Uh, they sometimes get a bad, a bad rep for being misogynistic because women are getting killed a lot. But, also, mean, but it... also in a lot of Giallo's, a woman's a killer. So That is true. <laughs> um, Dario Gento, of course, in the 1970s completely reworked the genre into something that was more sexual, more violent. They had more of a focus on the killer and the lunacy. Yeah. While the sixties giallos were more about people killing for money or personal gain. Uh, there there's a lot of giallos where it turned out to be a husband trying to kill his wife, or vice versa. Yep. Trying to get inheritance from their dead spouse, trying to get the, the money that was be left behind their wealthy spouse or whatever. A lot of these movies came from like Umberto Lenzi. Uh, and, and directors like that. In the 1970s, whenever Bird with a Crystal Plumage came out, it kind of took this thing where it's like, oh, well, it's this sex-driven killer that's doing it. But also in the 60s, there was a lot of, like, sexual, psychosexual reasoning behind the killers as well. Blood and Black Lace <clears throat> kind of does, like we said before, the Argento thing of having that mass killer where he has the black gloves. It's all these little staples that we became became known as Dario Argento staples before Argento did it. Uh, so, at the very beginning of the movie, the very first thing we see is a pretty cool opening credit scene.
1: Oh, yeah. An amazing one. Where Some really scary mannequins.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of mannequins, and it's our different... Uh, cast members just standing there almost mannequin-esque that are just standing still. Yeah. And it's all these like crazy psychedelic type of color schemes that, that Mario Bava you know for reds, reds and greens. That. And it's a great score from Carlo Rusticelli. Ooh, it's so good. We were dancing
1: to the trailer the whole time. Yes.
0: <laughs> great, great score on this movie. He worked with Mario Bava on two other films on The Whip and the Body and Kill Baby Kill he also did the scores for. Her. And... Awesome, very pulpy, uh, almost like a Caribbean. I don't know, like, uh, uh, like uh, I
1: think it could definitely have like that rhythm, like Spanish, Italian, like
0: jazz yeah. influence, jazz kinda. influence rhythm, kind of. Uh, yeah, pulpy. Yeah. Score right. Yeah, it's something uh, like that. It's hard to. It's just got like a horn, and then it has like this like it. kind of like. Very rhythmic beat. <laughs> yeah. But slow. Like it's, it's not like super fast. Almost like anything. a merengue or something yeah, for like sure. that. Yeah. Great score. Amazing it score. Goes perfectly with this type of film. Um,
1: and a g- glass of Sauvignon. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: uh, Ubaldo Tezano was the director of photography. Also, I think he needs to be referenced because the photography in this movie is pretty crazy. A bunch of lighting and stuff like that was definitely help from him he also worked with with bava as the director of photography on black sabbath and black sunday so they had a good working relationship as well but uh in the 60s the giallo before pre pre pre-argento a bunch of giallos in the 60s focused on like an inspector character trying to figure out who did it while like the giallo's of the 70s focus more on a character kind of taking the investigation on their own. And this movie has an inspector character named, uh, inspector Silvestri who I I don't know how much he really does.
1: (laughs) Uh, he really doesn't solve shit. (laughs) He
0: really does. Like
1: it pretty much just resolves itself (laughs) without him.
0: Totally resolves itself without him. (laughs) He's like,
1: I really want to accuse people of things and then not follow it up.
0: Yes. Right. Right. Um, so,
1: he's like, oh, yeah, there's been a murder, but you do coke, don't you? And it's like, ah, uh, yeah. He's like, ha, okay, got something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> does, does he pull out a baggie of coke? Yeah, tea- he pulls out a baggie of coke. Something? He's like,
1: do you know what this is? And he's like, uh, no. <laughs> sugar? <laughs> he's like, that's right. He's, fuck. Booger, sugar. <laughs> You're going downtown.
0: So, he's, uh... Um, so he's trying to figure out this mystery or trying to figure out who did it and all the girls and people that work at, I mean, there's men there that work also, but a few of the girls live together. One of the girls live with another guy that works there who's her fiance. Um, they're all, you know, a little, a little on edge. (laughs) And this killer still going around trying to kill people, and everybody has like their own vices. There, there's there's a couple addicts. One guy is addicted to, I don't know, what he's addicted to pills. He's taking pills of some sort.
1: Oh no, he was. He said he was taking that because he was. Uh, he, no, he he took those pills for a medical condition.
0: Oh, that's right, because he starts seizuring out. Yeah, later on, not soon.
1: epilepsy, but
0: that was epilepsy.
1: Was it epilepsy? Yeah, he had epilepsy. Oh, okay.
0: Um, that's why that's why I made that joke where the cops like, Oh yeah, well let's see how epileptic he is. Take him to the room and start flicking the lights. <laughs> He's very <laughs> epileptic. Okay, you check out me. <laughs> it's like sorry he died. Well hopefully he was the killer. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Good thing I'm a police officer and it's very easy to get away with this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so there, there's that guy. There's uh, another character who, like you mentioned, he's an antique store owner. And yes. he's seeing one of the girls that work at the fashion house. But he's had drug arrests and he's known for his use of cocaine. Cocaine. Uh, some of the other girls want the books for different reasons that you find out one of the first really great set pieces, other than the fashion house itself, is the girl goes to see her boyfriend at the antique house. Right. And he's not there.
1: Well, yeah, she's she's bringing the diary to him.
0: Oh, yeah, she stole the diary. She stole the diary
1: because she believed it had shit on him. Yeah. So she's trying to cover his ass. Yeah.
0: So she goes there. And it's this big, beautiful antique house. It's like two stories, and all this crap is in it. And next door, there's a.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful house with a bunch of crap in know, it. You know, it's a beautiful
0: thing with a bunch of bullshit in it. <laughs> next door is a, a nightclub, I guess a dance club, because there's this big neon sign that says DANCE! DANCE! dance. <laughs> Just over and over again in a green light.
1: Yeah, if you were looking for it at night and you drove by it while the light was off, you're fucked. Yeah. You'll never Because it, it.
0: It goes on and off very slowly. <laughs> she walked into the antique house. All the lights are off. Uh, except for some lights from the streets. So it's all these like pinks and purples and greens. What's that? <laughs> what? Was that Scully? That was Scully. Uh, yeah, we have a new mascot. <laughs> a new mascot for the show. Yep,
1: Scully. He's From, a skeleton. He's a skeleton. That's it. <laughs> so just picture a little skeleton. He's a tiny little skeleton, and it looks like he's going hooray. <laughs> we
0: hired him for all the uh, all the editing now. He's also he works a huge
1: X Files fan. <laughs> yeah,
0: clearly that's why he named himself. Yep. But yeah, the the whole the whole store is just flooded with the lights from outside and this sign going off next door. And whenever the lights in the rest of the building get cut off, it's only kind of the rhythmic light from the dance sign. It's right. very interesting just how everything looks.
1: And um, uh, they use that to like play on him disappearing and stuff like that. Yeah, you can see so. the kill
0: and disappear and then it builds a lot of tension and stuff. Yeah. All right. Should we go like scene by scene on this movie or are there some scenes in your head that stick out? Um, I don't know if we should reveal the ending because it's a mystery. <laughs> no,
1: um, I think it would be fun to point out that fact we read about the woman Lee Le- Le- Landers, who plays Peggy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Peggy is, Peggy is, and it's a
1: credit to Mario Bava's character as well.
0: Uh, yeah, sure. So there, uh, uh, Peggy is a character in the movie that. She, she's the one I mentioned before that lives with her fiancé. And they live in a mansion. And they have a servant that works there and stuff. So one of the girls gets killed and in between scenes. Like in the scene. None of the people that, at the fashion house. And Peggy's one of the people that are still at the fashion house know about this person getting killed. Right. And so she's like, everybody's like, hey, everybody just go home. Lock your doors. Make sure, you know, to be safe. It'd be better if you're with somebody. And we'll just hope for the best. Hope the inspector figures this all out. So she goes home. Peggy goes home. And her fiancé's in jail right now because the inspector, which is actually kind of a smart idea, arrested all the men that work at the fashion house.
1: So yeah. arrested
0: Cameron Mitchell and everybody else that worked there. And just like, well, what are you fuckers? That would be the killer. So. Yeah, it's like, we'll see, Yeah, because
1: nobody will get killed while you're all here. And then somebody gets killed. (laughs) Yeah, somebody gets
0: killed. But uh, so she drives to her house, and her servant's like, oh, welcome back. Would you like some tea or something? She's like, sure. I like, okay, well, I'll go get it. She gets out of the car. He walks off, and she sees her trunk is a little ajar, and she opens it, and there's a body in it.
1: I think butler is a better term
0: servant. Uh, slave. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Slavery was the thing in Italy. He's white. He's white for anybody that's that's listening like that's racist. No, he's 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 an old he's an old Alfred Pennyworth type. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh so she opens the trunk. There's a dead body in there. And so she does a logical thing. Uh she freaks out and pulls the body out and brings it into the <laughs> Yep. Brings it into the house. This body that clearly somebody planted. Instead of like, I need to call the cops and tell them they put a body "Ah!" in my fucking trunk.
1: But no, hides it from everyone behind like a screen in her living room.
0: In the middle of the open.
1: And then just kind of sits there going,
0: oh, shoot. (laughs) What do
1: I do? And thankfully, the killer has the answer for it, (laughs) which is you also die. (laughs)
0: But, yeah, something happened. This
1: will clear your name. Yes. (laughs) If I kill you, they won't think it's you. It's (laughs) actually
0: pretty helpful. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's like, oh, well, thank you. I don't want people to think I'm a killer. And the
0: killer just stacks both the bodies on top of each other. (laughs) Yep. But, yeah, something happened during the filming of the scene.
1: That is true. So, during the rehearsal for the scene, Lee Landers, who plays the woman Peggy that um, apparently doesn't know... Uh, how to deal with death in any means. Uh, she really freaks out. Yeah. During the rehearsal, uh, Mario Bava said, like, let's have the, you know, open the trunk all the way before, you know, you put your head out or anything like
0: that because you don't want to get hit by it. And. Oh, I'm sorry. I fucked up. That's not Peggy. Fucking. No, it is Peggy. Yeah, it is Peggy. Peggy's the one in the trunk. No. No, okay. Yeah, okay. No, we're right. No. Yes. On the outside. Yeah.
1: And uh, so during the filming, though, she came up and slammed that thing open and it busted her nose <laughs> and um, Mario Bava saw it. And instead of getting mad, being like, I fucking told you, he ran up, carried her inside to the couch while her nose was bleeding and got some of the cast and crew to help assist. And... Uh, Actually, did make her tea to calm her down, and uh, then waited till she was better and shot it the next day instead. Yeah, which and I thought was nice. And then like usually th- they'd be like, "All right, well, guess what? I'm hiring somebody else." Fucking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then after they finally got the shot, then he cursed her out. Yeah, then he was like, "You fucking idiot!" And, like, for for forty minutes in Italian. <laughs> Because that's what they speak. Says, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And, and Kara Mitchell was just standing there, going, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know. But, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm very drunk. <laughs> I don't know if he
1: was at that time, right? Like, he seemed pretty composed. I mean, he was
0: probably 60s drunk, which was just being a person in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, he was probably <laughs> just, like, you know, a few beers in. Yeah, at that point. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty... It does say a lot about Bava's character and so stuff that he was... You know, nice kind and, and yeah. not,
1: like... I think a lot of directors would have been like, well, great, get her out of here. Like, whatever. Like, Right. Yeah. Go fix her up. Now we got to wait because of this. But yeah. he was all, you know, he was more worried about her than the scene, which yeah. is a nice credit
0: to the character of Mario Bava. Yeah. People say that this movie has like a lot of themes of. Um...
1: And it was filmed in seven weeks, which was kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's a whole lot of set pieces or anything, you know? No, but it, that's for a sure. short
1: amount of time to film anything, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. I well, think yeah, commercials yeah. these
1: days take longer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, they say this has a lot of commentary, kind of a tongue-in-cheek look at the fashion industry. Yeah. And, and the vanity and, and all this and, and greed of, of the industry. And people being kind of just shitty. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um but it's good. I don't know how much more we want to say because I don't want to spoil it because it's a mystery.
1: Right. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else you can really say without it starting to like, oh, well,
0: so here's how it ends. Like <laughs> We can't make fun of it like we did part offering. Offerings. Oh, man. <laughs> Davey, <laughs> your mother's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... I would say just watch Blood and Black Lace if you've never it is, seen it. It it's, is a it's one a of my favorite films. Yeah, it's one of my all time favorite giallos. I think it's a great introductory giallo, especially since it came out so early. Even it, if you're kind of
1: like, you know, iffy on like you're like, oh, blood scares me or something, this will be fine. Sure, you'll be fine with this one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's gory for it's gory for that time. Yeah, <laughs> like for 1964, it's pretty violent. But it's not nearly as gory as, like, the Fulci or Argento. Yeah, Giles they actually gonna... said there were more clips of when that woman's getting her face burnt on the iron. Yeah.
1: and uh, But they didn't use them all because I guess they were like, maybe that's a little too much. They
0: also <laughs> talked about her going home and she was too tired to take the makeup off. And she lived with her mom. Oh, God, and really? she walks in and her mom, like, is freaking out. And she's like, shut up. It's makeup. <laughs> hey, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, this is an important important She's film. He's like,
1: I will go get some ice and gelato and
0: put it on your face. <laughs> like, thank you. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> uh, it's an important film in, in the genre, and I think it's a great film. Also, you can see the influence on the giallos. A, a movie that I, I meant to mention is the French film Les Diabolique. If you've never seen Les Diabolique, watch it. It's great. It's a huge influence on the giallo genre. It's one of those Hitchcockian type films. And also a lot of the films that Alfred Hitchcock were also big influences uh, on, on the giallo genre.
1: It's actually a... Is this the first giallo we've talked about on the show?
0: Uh, we talked about giallo a little bit. But not specific When film, we were talking I'm about saying. the beyond. But no, yeah, this is the first one. This is the first full on giallo we talked about. Time for a new
1: segment now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jolly giallo. <laughs> Yes, so uh, they were going to make a sequel to this movie. Um, it never got made. It's going to be called Blood and Blackface. Oh God.
1: <laughs> Damn it.
0: Because uh. the killer was going to have a black face. What are you talking about? <laughs> this one has a flesh-covered wrapping. This one's going to be like a black cloth wrapping. <laughs> what? Shut up. <laughs> what? God damn it. Blood and Black Lace. Watch it. Check it out. (laughs) That brings us to our next segment. Blazes, Cabinet, of Video Game Curiosities. So what video
1: game do we have today? Well, this one, I actually picked something that is horror-based, but it's not scary. And it's a very fun to play so it's very accessible to to pretty much anybody and uh it is also a mystery oh which is why i decided to do this one today all right it is a game called horror veil vale, okay. and it is it's it's how could i what could i compare it to you remember the disney film halloween town Mm-hmm. so there's this town That uh, people uh, and monsters and stuff like that go like, well, I guess when people die, they can go to this town and they will become like a monster or a ghost or something like that. And you play a young little skeleton like Scully named Alice, who is a witch also. (laughs) So uh, it is very much in the vein of Uh, old-school, like, SNES Final Fantasy. Like, it is one of those RPG, like, 16-bit games. It's turn-based? Yes. It is a turn-based combat system. And you go through... Your father is some sort of very famous doctor that works in the town, and uh, whenever you're killed, they bury you and you come back. So all around, like areas where people live there's just multiples of their tombstones in different ways they had died so going through you find like you know run into like zombies and mummies and everything like a very halloweeny feeling and um but for some reason the power uh grid has been shut down in the city due to the appearance of these creatures called creepers which uh Look similar to humans, which scare the shit out of the monsters. But uh, there's a belief that somebody had brought them in there, and the mayor has uh, blocked all gates to his house. So the mystery is going through, trying to discover what has brought these evil entities into the town of Horrorvale. Okay. So there's a, a it's a lot of different pop culture references and stuff like that to different movies and stuff like that that you can find in the game uh there's a lot of creepypasta references to like jack the killer and everything like that um but it's a fun like easy to play like basic game and it's made by uh Batworks software it's published and developed by them and I believe, from what I could see, this is their first game, and they're still working on it. Um, but it is totally free. Mm-hmm. You can download it on Steam, and it's also available on Mac. Um, and it's it's actually pr- a decently large game with a lot of puzzles and stuff to find out. And a fun, like, theme to it. So I definitely recommend checking it out. Cool. Especially since it's just, you know... I love free stuff. (laughs) Who doesn't? And this one is, uh, it's actually, like, usually when I get the free stuff, it's usually kind of a bummer. But this one has actually been fun. I've actually been playing it off and on for, like, probably the past three weeks. Cool. And I was waiting for some kind of, like, mystery or something to use it for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially since we did Ninth Child Street last time, and I'm still too scared to finish that game. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah, it's so it's so scary. <laughs> like, oh, it's so scary. <laughs> I'm, I'm so scared of that game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this one is just you can play this at any time, even if you don't like horror. It, it's kind of like cutesy, which is fine with me in this because it's it knows right. what it is, and right. it's fun to play. Sure. But um, I thought it was appropriate enough because it is. A game based on horror culture. Yeah. Horticulture. It's Horta. a game based on horticulture. Yeah. The f- study of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. That's horror veil. Vale nice. Batwork Studios.
0: Yeah. Now check it out. No well, because I don't have a PC.
1: <laughs> uh honestly, the nice part about this game though, is that it is only like megabyte size large. Like it's not even gigs. So you could probably play it on a really basic laptop or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's very simple to you could get away with it, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't want to though. Oh. I'm sure I find an excuse not to play it.
1: Oh, okay. Fuck you. Well never mind. (laughs) Fuck you please. I'm sorry.
0: Ms. Scully are getting out of here. No. (laughs) No, you can't take him. (laughs) He's mine now. He wants to stay. Stay with me. All right. Why won't he
2: (laughs) stay (laughs) with me?
0: We're going to uh, go to the next segment then to an entry into mythology, biology. So, what story do we have today? This
1: is a ghost folk tale from Italy. Okay. In honor of blood and black lace.
0: <laughs> in honor of my favorite. In honor of my favorite Italian restaurant. And this is a
1: story uh, known as Azarina. Azer- uh, so, born around ni- uh, 1370, Azarina. Uh, probably real name Adelina or Gwendolina uh, was the daughter of uh, Uglonicokoi <laughs> Montebello. Do you wanna take that again. Uh, no. <laughs> you read it. <laughs> what does that say?
0: What does one say? The U one? Uh, oh. Igolonuccio. Igolo Nuccio.
1: Igoli <laughs> of Monteball. Montebello, fuck me. I'm bad with these weird names. Um Say it again.
0: <laughs> Just call him Hugo for sure. Hugo! <laughs> Montebell! Like, so he's a feudal
1: <laughs> lord. Um and uh, she ended up dying prematurely on June 21st, 1375, the day of the summer solstice. Uh, it is said that she was also an albino girl. Since popular superstition of the time linked uh, albinoism uh, with events of a diabolical nature. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, her mother decided to periodically dye her hair black. However, since she dyed them them with extremely volatile plant-based pigments, these, thanks to the poor ability of albino hair to retain the pigment, have given uh, the girls blue reflections like, uh, wait, hair blue reflections. Oh, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thus her nickname as Azarina, which means uh, light blue. Uh, her father decided to always have her guarded by two guards, Domenico and Ruggiero, and not to let her leave the castle to protect her from rumors and popular prejudice. It is said that on 21st of June 1375, while her father was in a battle far from the residence, Azarina uh, always guarded by the two uh, men, played in the castle of Monteballo and uh, with a ball of rags while a storm raged outside according to the subsequent report of the guards the child would have chased the ball that fell from the ladder into the underground ice box in order to cover it Uh, having heard a scream the guards rushed into the room entering uh, the only entrance but they would have found no trace of her or the ball and her body would never be found again The storm uh, would have ceased with the disappearance of Azarina. Legend has it that the little girl's ghost is still present in the castle and that it returns to make its voice heard every five years on the first day of summer solstice. The
0: dad did it.
1: Yeah, it was the ball of rags that the dad made. (laughs) Even though the dad wasn't there. He was there. He killed her and hid the body. So Azarina. But uh, apparently, uh, according... To the articles I've found, uh, people actually can uh, go to the area where the castle used to be and they go on the first day of summer solstice to like do ghost hunts and everything like that to see if they can catch a glimpse of her. So it's I think it's more of a popular tradition than it is like people actually looking for evidence because there's not like, you know, any real proof. Right. That the girl was killed there or anything like that, yeah. but it's carried on for so many years. Uh, you know, just people looking at it and telling these stories that probably evolved over time. So now she's the popular uh, ghost legend of that area of Italy. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That was an interesting little story. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the other one, uh, the only other thing that I could find that looked kind of interesting to talk about was the. Uh, 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 creature that people would be familiar with if they were fans of witcher which is the street guy oh yeah and i did not realize that came out of italian folklore Mm -hmm. so other than that uh, that was probably the most interesting story i could find because italy's fucking boring (laughs) (laughs) i gotta go back to the asia man they got all
0: the best tests because Italy Italy sucks and everybody that's american that even has like a fifth of italian blood and it's like i'm, I'm italian it's like no you aren't no you're, shut up you're a white guy <laughs> hey <laughs> you know? yeah. i'm italian yeah. it's like nah, you're just some idiot from jersey
1: <laughs> yeah it's like fuck you dougie <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs>
0: you like pizza yeah, and you tan yeah fuck you it's like my identity is an ethnicity that i'm not <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like how sad is that it's, hey, I'm from Jersey. It's, it's, yeah, it's like everybody has to come up, and they they ha- it can't come up with an original identity, so they have to rely on to anyone who's Italian. I'm just joking. I just couldn't find. I'll fucking good not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I, I, this is just it's about ties about anybody. It's Just like I can't find my own original identity, so I'm going to have to rely on ethnicity <laughs> that I'm somehow related to by blood at some point in my life, or I don't have a personality. I'm one-fifth Cherokee. (laughs) So I don't have a personality, so I have to define myself by my Zodiac sign. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Jesus, just be yourself. (laughs) Like, like, don't worry about, like, something having to define you. Like, define yourself. Jesus Christ. I think it's
1: actually a a disease that's caused by chemtrails.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But anyways, thank you guys for listening. We know that our listeners are very individual, though. Every
1: single one of you. There's no chance (laughs) that anyone who listens to this is a piece of shit. (laughs) Like you better. And if your friends don't listen to you, you better get them on board so people know they're not a piece of shit. (laughs) Because if they don't they might be a shit. piece of shit you might think this person is cool but you go up and you're like hey you listen to Blade Apples and they go what the fuck is that I think I saw that Instagram page of 90 people like I di- I can't believe somebody's actually listening to that you know they're a piece of shit and you need to be like hey They're actually the biggest (laughs) podcast you've ever known. (laughs) Nobody has ever talked badly about them. And that Blaze guy does so much research on what he's talking about.
0: He's really good at reading articles. He is
1: really good at reading phone articles (laughs) because he can't find something more interesting.
0: And he's got a huge hog. That: Big, old,
1: big old dog.: That may that be guy. true. <laughs> that may be true, but your friends wouldn't know it. Because you're a piece of shit.
0: <laughs> they would listen to us.
1: So yeah. <laughs> so you better get them on it, or else uh, we can't really believe you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so But then again, we won't fact-check you if you say they do. Yeah. We'll just believe it without doing any checking. So you could <laughs> lie to us, which makes you a piece of shit. They're <laughs> like, like,
0: no, we listen to the show. I'm like, Oh, okay. And like, oh, I don't listen to that fucking shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh God, no, I don't. <laughs> but I, but I believe you. I don't yeah. even like horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> or two idiots talking about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just love your show. Even though I don't like horror movies. <laughs> it's, like, it's like,
0: oh Yeah. But thank you guys for listening. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, then you can recommend it to a friend. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't... <laughs> you should recommend it to a friend. Um, next week we'll be talking about... I think we talked about doing an episode on pieces.
1: Yeah, I think we did talk about pieces.
0: Or you brought it up and I was like, okay. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that movie. Oh, I do too. I love pieces. Which is a bit of a giallo in its own right. Kind of. It's more It's slashery. a
1: mystery and it's got a mask and a duster.
0: Yeah. That's it's, all you need. There's like, sex crimes in it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a, the, the, the killers work off a of sexual perversion.
1: Um, yeah. For some reason, they give a, a, a young student way more, uh, <laughs> way more uh, jurisdiction
0: than he needs. They do. But also, that movie has an amazing ending. Oh, yeah, it does. So if you want to watch 1982... If you want to watch pieces, you should watch it before the episode, because that's one we'll probably fucking talk right. everything about. So Because yeah. I want to talk about that ending on that one. Yep. Uh, but yeah, if you guys want to reach us, you can email us at BladedApplesPod at gmail.com. You can reach us at the Instagram, BladedApplesPodcasts you can share us with a friend if you want or don't and just keep us as your dirty little secret. And that's fine. It just, but be, your friends
1: might be It just be
0: blaze you and Scully. Yeah. And not your piece of shit friends, <laughs> <laughs> your piece of shit friends that we all hate. <laughs> that's your phone. My
1: God, everybody is. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk to me it's unless I'm recording.
0: recording. <laughs> Blow up your phone. Um, But, yeah, thanks to Stefan Mize for doing our artwork. You can check him out on Instagram at Stefan Mize, M E I S S -S E, or at the Crawling Panther Tattoo Parlor Instagram page. Awesome guy. Check him out. Give him a like. Get a tattoo from him. I don't know. Do whatever you want. Tell your piece of shit friends about him (laughs) because they're a piece of shit if they don't know who Stefan is. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Fuck your friends until they know (laughs) about us and (laughs) Stefan.
1: Yeah, if you don't know this show or Stefan Mize, you're a piece of shit.
0: Um thanks to Blaze for doing all that he does and editing this all up. I mean, we really don't edit that much. We just kind of put a clip We don't hey, edit I out.
1: edit the sound you bastard. Well, the sound.
0: We don't edit like our stops or anything like that.
1: Oh, no. You
0: guys, you guys get authentic material <laughs> yeah no there is butcher no this or move things it's just us stuttering and trying to remember what we're saying
1: admittedly we are auto-tuned <laughs>
0: <laughs> are we no <laughs> like, damn it what <laughs> like, i wish we were what <laughs> i want you to make me sound like t-pain <laughs> do you like blood in black if you could just do that for a whole podcast once it would be great yeah but anything to add Nope. All right. Well, until next time, guys, remember, every day is Halloween. So please, act accordingly. Bye. Bye.